Hello and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Reed. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Aquarium Co-op. Since this week's guest is a world-renowned aquascaper who's pretty darn good with plants, let's talk about how Aquarium Co-op can help you be more successful with plants. First is the free way Aquarium Co-op can help you. Go to the blog section of aquariumcoop.com and select the Planted Tanks category. Once you do this, you'll be presented with numerous articles chocked full of information to teach you all about planted tanks. The second way Aquarium Co-op can help you is with a vast selection of healthy plants that ship out to you fast. Aquarium Co-op plants are housed in a state-of-the-art plant system that provides the appropriate amount of light and nutrients. And once you place your order, our staff takes the utmost care to properly handle, package, and ship your new plants. Lastly, the Aquarium Co-op fertilizers in the Easy Green lineup. Easy Green, Easy Iron, Easy Root Tabs, and Easy Carbon are all essential components to really help your aquarium plants thrive. Use the links in the show notes to get you one step closer to becoming an aquatic plant master. Now, on to the interview. Today's date is Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. My guest today is Corey Hopkins. Corey is a competitive aquascaper who's ranked in numerous global competitions like the IAPLC, International Aquatic Plants Layout Contest, the AGA, Aquatic Gardeners Association, and the NSHC, the Nordic Scapers Hardscape Challenge. He's given numerous aquascaping demos and loves sharing his creative process with others. Corey also manages a Facebook page called Aquascaping by Corey Hopkins, which is close to 6,000 followers, and he's also a founding member of the Aquascapers Collective. So, Corey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. No, absolutely. And I would say, Corey, that uh, first off, I'd like to apologize to you in front of all my my guests, my audience, uh, that I've had to reschedule on you a couple times. And just so far, you know, not that other guests haven't been very accommodating and very uh, nice, but I feel like you have been the nicest. <laughs> like, I was just, you know, I had to reschedule on you so many times. I just felt like you were going to be like, yeah, you know, I can't. Uh, yeah, let's just let's just do this next year. But you've been so gracious, man. I, I, I really <laughs> appreciate it not a problem man not a problem at all I'm, I'm happy to do it and uh you know it's uh i'm glad you asked me to be on the show man yeah anytime i can get an opportunity to learn more about the fascinating world of competitive aquascaping uh i'm gonna i'm gonna take that opportunity because i think you know what you guys do is probably and not that i've got a great understanding on like arowana breeding or anything uh, in the tropical fish space but i feel like that competitive aquascaping world at the global level is just this like i just don't get it i get it and i appreciate like i get it from an appreciation standpoint but you know everything that goes into it is just you know so so fascinating and you guys all seem to know each other um and just the fact that you know the there's there's styles that are similar but they're always different and it seems like every competition every time i open up a different magazine that has a a, a showcase of aquascaped scapes like they just it just seems like the bar is getting raised and for like an aquascaping peon like me it just it just visually you know blows my mind it's crazy what you guys can do awesome yeah man it's uh it's come a long way in these past few years for sure definitely since i've uh since i've started in the aquascaping community it's definitely come up like huge leaps and bounds so but um yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So before before we get into to you as the competitive aquascaper, um, I always like to do kind of the origin section for a first time guest. And for you, Corey, where where does it start? How did you get into tropical fish keeping or aquatic gardening? Um, I started at a really early age. My 
my parents were um, into aquariums and they had multiple aquariums uh, when I was younger and before I was born. And um, my mom, when I was about, I'd say about eight years old, suggested that I get a fish tank because I used to keep fish tanks all the time, blah, blah, blah. So I did. And then from there, kind of fell in love with it. I always had, I always had a fish tank, no matter what. Um, it's always community fish. You know, of course I did the whole cichlid thing, the monster fish thing. And then from there, I kind of got into the planted tanks. So, but that's kind of, that's kind of where it started just with my, my mother, um, suggesting that I get a tank. So I got a little 10 gallon and started there. That's awesome. And then, so with your progression, you're saying you kind of high level, you, you know, community tanks, uh, cichlids and monster fish. Did you, were you, were you purely kind of a, were you a collector? Were you, uh, did you try your hand at like a fish room doing fish breeding? Like what was your, what was your niche? Um, I was more of just kind of a casual hobbyist. I wasn't, I wasn't something, I, I wasn't like hardcore into it. It's just something that I always had kind of like, always had a dog, you know, always <laughs> had, always had a fish tank too with multiple fish. So it was just, um, yeah. Were you, were <laughs> you, a, no, no, that's no, no worries. Were you able to keep your, like, so you never really were hit with multiple tank syndrome. You were always able to kind of keep the, uh, the, the urge, the addiction down to like one tank. Um, well, as a child and as I was younger, you know, um, I think that, the earliest being like 18 years old, I think I had three tanks. And then um, from there, I might have taken a break for like a couple years and then got back into it. And then only just, I think I had two tanks. Yeah. And then um, after that, I just, you know, I always kind of kept one or two tanks around, you know, with what other, whatever fish that I had at the moment. It, it's funny that, uh, you know, out of context, a person that um, isn't familiar with the hobby or the, the tropical fish space, when you tell them that you have two or three tanks, they would probably like their <laughs> eyes would bulge a little bit and be like, wow, that's a lot of aquariums. But in the, con- in, in the context of somebody that's going to listen to this podcast and listen to our conversation, they're going to be like, oh, okay, man, you actually really kept yourself in control. You only had two or three tanks. Oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> now, once once I really like, it's it's funny. Once I um, discovered planted tanks, that's when I went crazy. Mm. And at one point, I had like nineteen tanks. That's awesome. And so, yeah. Okay, so for me, as a uh, as somebody that has found their niche or enjoyment in uh, breeding or the attempted breeding in many cases, um, you know, so a, a fish room that's very is very utilitarian and dedicated to species propagation, right? Raising fry, raising brine shrimp, um, growing things out until they're at a point where they can be passed on to a store or somebody else. So I know what that looks like for for me as a fish breeder, what, what does multiple tanks look like for somebody that's into plants? Um, most of them, probably 98% of them did have some sort of plant in them. Um, some of them didn't because they were old from years, you know, from just before that. Um, <clears throat> but for the most part, when I started, um, I, I tried the aquascaping thing a little bit. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, I did a little bit. But other than that, I um, was just straight up into aquarium plants. And I was kind of had the collectoritis, um, you know, syndrome when you, 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 <laughs> you buy every plant that you could ever put, get your hands on. And that's what I was doing. And I was farming those plants. Oh, At one nice. point, I was selling some of those plants and um, just learning how to grow the plants. And I think that actually benefited that. Yeah, that actually benefited me, you know, in the future because or for the future, because, you know, learning how to grow the plants before you learn how to do the artistic part is it's a huge it's a huge thing. It's like a it's like a foundation that mm -hmm. you need to have, you know, really stepping into aquascaping. You know, it's it's just something that I mean, you need to learn how to grow plants. It's just straight up bottom line well, so um how would you uh so i guess with with the multiple tanks that you had were they kind of in that 10 10 gallon 20 gallon size range were you uh were you just keeping like crips in one tank anubius in another tank stem plants plants in this tank like what was your uh what, what was kind of the method to your madness um, they were mostly at, at one point, I kind of considered myself as a, a nano guy, you know, quotation, um, but which was like nothing under 15 gallons or 10 gallons or, or I mean, anything, <laughs> no, anything under 10 gallons, mm -hmm, you know, right. So I think at that time, my largest tank with plants in it was like about 20 long. You know, I didn't consider that a nano, but that, I think that was my, you know, largest tank at that time. And then would you make, would you mix species and were you still trying to have something aesthetically pleasing or did it turn into factory mode for you where it was just, um, you know, each, each, each kind of genus of plant got its own tank and then it was just purely about propagation and, and growing and selling from there? Um, at that point it was, um, I, I kind of mixed mix them so some of them were kind of my practice aquascaping things that i was doing just kind of learning as i go and the other stuff and some of the other things were just like i'm farming them because i want them for other tanks or i want to sell them to these other people or whatever it was kind of like you know when you ask for plants for me you kind of get what i have mm -hmm. you know not a specific huge list i mean at one time i think i had 85 different species of plants or something within wow. all these tanks it was kind of you know mixed up and some of them like i said were aquascapes but for the most part at that time there were a lot of uh different things i had some shrimp tanks you know i had some nano fish tanks and then i had some stuff that i was trying out you know this uh high-tech stuff on you know with the with the whole the with co2 and mm -hmm. everything like that you know that's kind of where I, d I dove into that. And, and then as far as like the, um, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, you have these numerous, uh, plant tanks and right. And you're, you're dabbling in CO2. Um, did you have some kind of constants of like favorite livestock? Or did you, did you always try to put a mono shrimp in each of the tank or did you have like a certain nano fish that has always kind of held a special place in your heart that even though you're more into the plants, you know, you've kind of got like one or two favorite fish. Yeah. Um, I definitely look at myself as a, uh, a fish guy as well. So I always had appreciation for lots of different fish at, at, you know, especially at the latter stage in my aquarium life. But, um, 
I think uh, a staple fish for me is definitely our um, SAE, Siamese algae eaters. Mm-hmm. Those guys, especially if you get them young, you get them in you know a group of four or five, whatever, depending on the tank size, and uh, let them do their thing. They're really great at um, keeping up with algae. Uh, you know, especially like hair algaes and stuff like that. And they're a very, very hardy fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. It, Definitely. It, it's really hard to, you know, I've, I've, I've talked with a couple of aquascapers on here and, you know, talking to aquascapers in person. It, it's like I, I, I automatically just want to label you guys as like not really being that much into fish. But to hear you say that you do consider yourself to be a fish guy, you know, we, mm-hmm. it, it, I guess that's maybe that's just one of the stigmas of, of being a competitive aquascaper is that, you know, people like myself oh. would just automatically assume that you're just you're just in it for the plants and the fish are just kind of a thing that maybe you have to sprinkle in for for points like judging points um mm-hmm. but no it's kind of cool to hear though that you're you still have a passion for fish oh yes definitely love fish i mean all these i mean that's what aquariums were made for mm-hmm. they're made for fish oh for sure um, so i mean yeah i mean i have tons of fish right now at home i think i have three tanks up four tanks and i have a bunch of tanks, you know cool fish and just they're not all aquascapes and that is, you know, I love fish, man. It's just, they're so <laughs> cool. And, and when I can learn more and more about certain fish or different species, it's just, just brightens my day, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I do this thing where, um, I do Google scholar. So I like to Google scholar, um, the, the genus name for a fish. So the, I'll butcher the name, but was it symph- symphotodon, symphosodon for, um, for discus or, you know, do, do Corydoras or just, just see what articles pop up. And, um, mm-hmm. I've, I've actually gotten a couple, let's see, have I, yeah, I've gotten a couple guests on, uh, in academia through Google scholar searches of their published research papers. And it's just really fascinating. Like if you want to learn something about fish, um, sometimes you'll get some where they use the fish in just an experiment for some other, for some other reason. And it's not about the fish. It's just the fish is a, um, is just the subject in the experiment. But, you know, a lot of times you'll get, you'll get a lot of research papers out of Brazil. You'll get a lot of research papers out of Asia, um, China. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some are actually geared towards uh, what I really love are the ones that are geared towards, um, it's not aqua. Is it aquaponics? What's the word I'm looking for here? It's, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but basically just the cultivation of, of the fish and the propagation, um, uh, you know, breeding, you know, like farm, farm, uh, scale breeding. And they do these really cool, you know, well, I, I think they're cool, but they do full on studies on what are the, you know, what is best for raising baby discus, you know, and they'll actually let, uh, baby discus go and graze on a parent, or they'll have baby discus and they'll do baby brine shrimp feeding. And they basically do all these different experiments. And then you have a, an output, a result at the end, and they come to a conclusion. But that, that's something that I really like to do to, to, to super nerd out and learn more about, about fish. That's awesome. Uh, I think I need to um, go on there now and go <laughs> it out myself. Yeah, I think it's because that sounds really cool. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's scholar uh, scholar Google. I think it's scholar Google, not Google scholar. Um, yeah, and you just type in the genus, man, and you'll get you'll get stuff from like the 50s. You get you get research papers like crazy. And then I just did this thing where I set up a, a couple of alerts. Um, so anytime there's in theory, anytime there's a new paper that's published, I'll get an email alert, and then I can you know I'll see what the paper is. That 
was published and to figure out whether or not I want to read it. Um, sometimes though, some of these, um, some of the research houses or the, the places where they store these, uh, the papers and make them available, they're like a, like pay to pay to play kind of thing where you actually have to sign up and pay for their service, which ends up being for these research papers, it's like a thousand dollars a year subscription. So it's purely for like academics and, and scientists and whatnot. Um, but most, mm. most of them you can get the free PDF on, on Google scholar, but the ones where they have a really cool abstract or a really cool title to their paper, um, the ones that you, you can't get the free PDF makes me really sad. So I will, I will warn you on that. That happens every once okay. in a while. <laughs> All right. Well, still, that's, that's still pretty, that's a pretty awesome resource. Yeah, dude, I would, I, I can't, I can't recommend it enough, man. It's, it, it's good stuff. Um, and it's not, you know, it, it's not regurgitated or secondhand like YouTube information where people are just like making the same content over and over again. Like this is, these are actual people in academia doing scientific research or they're out in the field, um, or they're doing these lab experiments and it's, you know, it, it's going straight to the source. So it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah that is awesome. All right, so I, I digress, sir. Back to aquascaping. How so? How would you say then your aquascaping style has evolved? Did it did it just start with like you get some substrate, you start just plopping plants in there, or did you kind of have some like uh, Takashi Yamano guidance? Like what was you know what was your journey in your artistic style? So um, I don't know. Throughout you know throughout my years, I've always kind of been uh, creative um, artistically you know, whatever, whatever media I happen to do, like drawing. I'm not a great draw, you know, I'm not a great sketch artist or anything like that, but you know, I kind of like to mess around sometimes. But, um, so from, so from there, actually where it started was, uh, me being a, um, a bass fisherman. I love to fish. Nice. Crazy about fishing. Um, so what, and what I did was like, this was before I even started with Planet Tanks. This is what got me into Planet Tanks, period, was um, just doing a Google search on, um, like, what plants, what aquatic plants the bass like to hang around. What are the names of them? So I kind of Googled exactly that, not knowing exactly what to put. So I did that, and um, I saw some videos of, like, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was a green machine. Uh, James Finley, mm-hmm. um, all those videos. And I watched all those, I binged out on them, looking at them just like, you know, my mouth has already hit the floor because I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And it had to do with something that I love, which was aquariums. And it was something a little different. And I was like, this is incredible. I have to, I have to. So from there, um, you know, it was the James Finley, the green machine stuff. And then, um, of course the entire time, I'm looking at Sakashi Amano stuff as well. Um, Mr. Amano, I think, uh, uh, has influenced the, the entire world of aquascaping. Just that one man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, an incredible thing that he, you know, um, revolutionized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm already thinking of. Uh, I'm sorry, as you as you said it, like the the title for your episode should be from bass fishing to aquascaping or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And then you know, as far as my create creative side uh, side, I um, uh, I was a professional musician. I mean, I still am, and I've I've played for a good twenty years in 
I've been out there gigging and doing all the, the cool stuff with bands for many years. And uh, all this while still keeping aquariums and learning aquascaping. And um, so that's just another one of my creative outlets that I've, you know, turned into a job, into a, a career. Did you did you find that, uh, you know, coming home from playing at various places, I'm not sure how far you would have to travel. Um, you, were, I, I assume at this time you're still, at the time you were living in Texas and you're still in Texas now, right? Yes. Okay. And so yeah. did, did you travel just kind of around the, the state of Texas or did you go in, in hot borders and play in other states? Yeah, we, we, we went and played in many states. Okay. And so coming, yeah. coming home to your planet aquariums, um, was it, was it, you know, was it peaceful? Was it relaxing or was it like, oh man, like I got to get on this algae or I got to get on this trimming. Like, was it, was it a, an escape from, you know, being on the road and relaxing or kind of the, the opposite, I guess, of, of playing catch up on maintenance? No, I think that it was more of a therapeutic thing for me. Nice. Just something that I could kind of sit and relax and, um, you just nerd out on and really like, I don't know, study lots of details about it and about my aquascape or, or, you know, why this fish is doing this or why is it not colored like this in this tank and it is in this one, whatever the subject happened to be. But mm-hmm. it's pretty therapeutic to me. Wasn't, wasn't a chore or still isn't obviously, but um, yeah, it was never really thing like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm curious because you're kind of artistically inclined with music and, and other creative outlets. Um, when you, when you kind of hit stumbling blocks or, uh, you know, in your, in your aquascaping journey, you know, plant growing journey, did you ever get like frustrated or was it, did you, or did you perceive it differently as just like, oh, okay, well I just need to learn and, and, and get through this. Yeah, it was more like I need to learn to get through this kind of thing. I mean, frustration, I mean, could have happened, of course. It, it might have been. It's not like something that was really, you know, shining in that part in that time in my life. You know, it wasn't like something that was stressful and I was freaking out about. It was more like, hey, oh, whoa, I got some algae. Well, let me go ask somebody or let me figure this out for myself or something like that. And I'm like, well, it's not working. Well, I need to try this nuclear option or whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, it wasn't really, it wasn't, it's not a stressful thing. I never, never put that kind of feeling to it, you know, as being stressful. Yeah. I, I struggle. I, I mean, to be honest, when I got back into the hobby and one of the things I did was set up a, you know, a 75 gallon, like main community tank, I wanted it to be planted and it's probably just how my brain is wired and my personality. And I'm not, I am not an artistic person. I'm not a creative person. That's kind of why I was asking you, but I was, mm-hmm. I was very frustrated in the very beginning of not being able to grow plants. And I, I think I've shared this before in an episode past, but I, I thought that, okay, you know, got the plants, got the substrate, got the liquid fertilizer started doing co2 and it's like you know you're you're still battling algae you're still struggling with this plant's growing this plant's growing more than you would want this plant's not growing at all and you know just kind of learning through that and for me it was really really frustrating because getting into it and being drawn into it by so many like amazing aquascape plants and don't get me wrong i didn't have any i didn't have any idea that I was going to have this beautiful Dutch aquarium aquascaped wonder. Like I just wanted to grow plants 
and just kind of hitting that initial hurdle of like struggling to grow plants and sometimes growing more algae than plants, depending on the species. Like that was really tough. And, you know, two some odd years later, I've got a much more, a much better grasp on it. And so I'm able to, you know, set my neighbor up on a nice planted tank and, and make sure that my planted tank stays nice. Um, but it was, it was tough for me. It could just be, again, how my brain was wired. Uh, but that's what I was curious though. Um, you know, with, I wonder if it, it just kind of the artistic nature, like you just, you just solve things differently or you, you look at challenges in a different way than somebody that's so task and, and task oriented like myself might. Yeah, I'm pretty, I mean, just myself, I'm a pretty laid back person. Um, <laughs> People are like, well, Randy, <laughs> Randy's just too damn high strung is probably the problem. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe that's what it is. I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back when it comes to my frustrations like that. Um, if anything, I mean, I always just ask a friend and a friend will let me know whether whether uh, I'm right or I'm wrong in this situation. And then I can, I can fix it. I take steps just to fix it and, uh, or try and fix it. And if I can't fix it, like I said, I can start over. I think what else probably helps is that you play the ukulele. I do. I don't think, dude, I don't think anybody that plays the ukulele, man, I don't think anybody can be high strung if you're playing that instrument. I, know. I, I love the ukulele. Dude, that thing is so awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a- it's a great instrument. It's a really like a real instrument, not just like a play instrument. Yeah. I, it, well, I love it so much to the point where if you pulled it out right now and played like two minutes, I would not be sad. I would actually let you play two <laughs> minutes of ukulele on the podcast. And if people turned it off, they, <laughs> then they're going to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> I might pluck a string or two. We'll see what happens. Dude, <laughs> while, we talk, while I talk or ramble on, you should secretly get your ukulele. But I have, uh, <laughs> that is, that's on the, that's on the list of things that uh, once, once my boys are older, uh, and I've got a little bit of me time left. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach myself, or I'm gonna learn the ukulele because that thing I, I love that instrument so much. <laughs> it's awesome, man, and it's actually it's actually not much different than guitar. It's just a guitar missing a couple strings. Mm-hmm. So it's uh you know the the guitar chords and everything they kind of you know go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh it's good times. And now I'm talking about a ukulele on the uh, on the aquarium podcast. So <laughs> good times. Yeah. So what, how would you how would you describe your style now? Like if you were to, um, you know, if you were to try to, if you were to try to describe it at all, it, it could could you even like give it a description? Um, man, that that is that is a really difficult question. I've been asked it many times, and I can't really pinpoint an exact thing. If you ask someone else, they might be able to pinpoint that thing. But I can't exactly pinpoint one or even just a few, you know, things that's special about what I do. I mean, it's just it's 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 hard to to really ex- explain that when you when you are your worst critic, one thing, and then um, also you know you do stuff and it's like, well, that was cool, but that could have been better, or you know this. I could have taken this person's advice or used uh, uh, inspiration from this person's aquascape and I could have done that better or something like that. I don't know. I'm kind of going off. No, <laughs> no, no, man. That's but, uh... Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's a hard thing for me to explain because I want to try so many different things. And I also like to try things that are kind of unorthodox methods and, uh, you know, it's stuff 
caught a little bit of flack from it past years, but so unpack that. What is what is unorthodox and what orthodox in the world of aquascaping, and like that to the point where you're catching flack from other aquascapers? (laughs) So um, at one point, I was using spray foam. You know, it's not like I was the first one ever to use spray foam at all. So I was using spray foam in some of my aquascapes, some of my, uh, you know, uh, one of my, what was that? The first one I did was the, well, yeah, it was Mako's Morichal, which is um, my biotope that I did. And it was pretty much, you know, the, the whole skeleton of it was aquascaped with rocks and such. But then I carved it to get that perfect shape out of foam, out of spray foam. And okay. <laughs> I don't know, at some point people were saying it was arts and crafts and all this stuff. <laughs> and it is what it is, but hey, look look, look at this. This is kind of cool. I think it's cool, you know, what's, and it uh, turned out really well. What's what's the name of that? Is it? I would, I would assume I could probably pull that one up. I've got a couple of years already pulled up on uh, Google Images, but what's um, what's the name it's, of that it's, one? It's called Maco. Oh, so just... it's like... M A, yeah, I think it's M A C K O. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if it's it's two Ks or C. M A C K O. Child. Yeah, and then more a child, more a child. So it's M O R I C H A L. What in the world is what? What does that even mean? Mako more well, child. More child. Um, yeah, Mako. Okay, so I'll tell you the story behind this. I actually, um, so on instagram a couple of years back i um if you just look up Corey hopkins biotope you might be able to find it okay but uh, a few years ago on instagram i uh you know i was doing a lot of instagram posting and i was, uh, did this one on a fish um it's uh they call it p white's money i can't pronounce the the genus but it's a really cool or they call it black morpho tetra black darter tetra it's a really cool uh tetra that kind of acts like a cichlid and um i learned from this tetra from um a lady named cara wade and she's a really awesome aquarist and also really great scientist as well but so she showed me um well she showed me these fish and i fell in love with them and um from there, like I said, uh, going back to the Instagram thing, I posted pictures that, hey, this is my dream fish, blah, blah, blah. It's just a post. It wasn't anything like reaching for someone to give me fish or anything like that at that point. I was like, it's such an awesome fish. Check it out. Have you seen this fish before? Blah, blah, blah. And then um, one of my followers, followers messaged me and said he had a group of them. Fish is the black morphos, and um, he was looking for a home for them. And, you know, because at that point, I had actually, I said, hey, this is my dream fish. And he was like, hey, I live in Austin, which is just a couple hours from me at that time. And, um, you know, a few months later, met up with him and got the fish. But before that, he was, um, he suggested that I take a look at this photo. It's by a guy named Ivan Mikolji. And he's a uh, really great nature photographer. Yep, I know um, who you're talking about. The, yeah, yeah, I've I've seen that. Yep, uh, yep, I follow him on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. really, really nice guy. So he uh, first he asked um, he asked if if he asked Ivan if okay if he showed me the photo, 
because it was one of his one of his really great photos. And um, Ivan said, "Yeah, that's 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 not a problem at all." So then, I when I saw the photo, it was the most incredible thing I've ever. It was such there were such sweeping lines and just incredible, incredibly simple, you know, just how it was framed and um, all that good stuff. So it was just, it just blew my mind. And I said, you know what, this, uh, I mean, he, he was telling me that's where he had witnessed, you know, the P. Weissmani there in, in that, um, what he called a mora chow, which is just a spring that comes up out of the ground and then it feeds into the Orinoco. So uh, mora chow, that, 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 that's basically a name for a spring mm. that they, you know, with the pH was like at five, you know, there was mm-hmm. no hardness, anything in there. So um, now the word Mako actually came from when uh, Ivan was visiting that area there. He, um, there was a, the tribe leader, his name was Mako, and, and uh, that was where they lived next to. They lived next to that Morichal, and then um, I just that's where I decided to, to name it, Mako's Morichal. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, so, and I think that also, that's, that's what Ivan called it. That's right. That's what Ivan called it, so I'm like, well, that's a perfect name for this aquascape, so I'm going to call it Mako's Morichal. That's awesome. And he was on everything like that so it was uh yeah that one's uh that was a fun one and like i said it was it was a little bit unorthodox methods because of the spray foam and me just kind of carving stuff out and gluing and figuring out how to color it without you know um you know with with it being aquarium safe you know because the the foam was like this white Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i had to figure all that stuff out just you know trial and error and um you know like I said, I caught a little flack just because of the foam and stuff. And people were like, what? I'm not sure about this. You know, like arts and crafts. I don't know. You know, that kind of is. That's interesting. You know. That's interesting. Like, yeah. So, but I mean, inherently, like the rocks that you guys use, I'm, I'm sure you're breaking those up and chiseling them to try to get them to a more uh, aesthetically pleasing shape. And, you know, super glue is being used, right? And in, in various tying methods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which are, um, you know relatively not not crazy new but like the right. the whole super glue thing is is relatively you know new as opposed to just tying it on with some you know um thread or whatever so. hmm. yeah and then this uh this black darter tetra yeah i've definitely never seen these available on like a wholesaler's list um mm-hmm. so black morpho tetra i'm gonna take a stab at the genus basilio cherex weitzmanai Pacilio, yeah, white's money. Yeah, white's money. Pacilio Cherex white's money. Um, and it looks like to me, it looks like if you took, um, yeah, you took you took that tetra body and then you kind of morphed it with a uh, Pseudomoga luminatus, so a red neon rainbow for that high finnage, that high dorsal and the and the high and the long pelvic fins. Um, it's a it's oh, a that's a really really cool fish. It is an amazing fish, and it went perfect in that tank, and. Um, you know, it was, it was, and another thing with it, it was a black water type where well, it wasn't really a black water, but it was, it was that style it was a botanical style aquascape that people never, never did any kind of like, um, perspective work in that kind of stuff. You know, it was always just like a straight ahead one-to-one scale, 
kind of, you know, this is a scene and there's a scene right here. We're cutting out a little piece of a river and that's what it looks like. That kind of stuff. As opposed to what looks like a, a river that goes on for miles. Right, kind of right, right. Where you guys, you know, you're able to use depth and proportions and make it look like, um, you know, th- like like it's a trail and it's actually getting, you know, it, it goes over this hill into the distance. That's what you're talking about, right? Like something exactly. of that nature. Yeah, that's that is such an amazing thing that you guys can do. Um, and looking at some of your aquascapes, it's it's incredible that you can do that. And I instantly car- conjure up like uh, my mind always wants to go to Lord of the Rings or some like high fantasy, um, oh, you know, journey or you know, some quest. Of course, yeah. A lot of that stuff is 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 dramatic like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's literally made to look like that. So, um, so, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff that I get influenced by is, is like, um, fantasy art or they call concept art. Um, I kind of, I kind of look to those artists for ideas and aquascaping, because if you look up, if you Google right now, um forest concept art and go to the image search you will find countless things that would fit into an aquascape that would just blow your mind you know like hey what if i was to do that in an aquascape that would be incredible you know because there's these you know a lot of people are finding inspiration from other aquascapers which is perfectly fine they're finding inspiration from you know nature photography all this stuff which is fantastic it's really great and but I want to I just always wanted to find inspiration elsewhere. So um, concept art is a big thing that I find inspiration. But also if I'm trying to just go with um, more of a traditional style, I'll find inspiration in in stuff like um, calligraphy hmm. and um, like sword fighting, <laughs> fencing. If you look at the though, if you look at the lines, if you look up or any type of dancing really, but if you look up calligraphy right now and on google and you look at some of the lines and how these things flow you could and you kind of line some of that stuff up with uh, wood pieces the perfect pieces of wood or the this rock or something that you would find and um you could really get some great compositions out of stuff like that because you're really thinking outside of the box as opposed to um you know finding inspiration from common things wow i love that dude i love that you're finding inspiration from calligraphy and like the the tango dance salsa feet pattern movement i I assume that's kind of the direction that you're going with it because like my brain well like i'm with you i'm with i'm with you right up to i'm with you with fantasy art looking that stuff up on google seeing these concept images and i'm like yep Corey, i'm in the same car as you and right now you're talking about calligraphy um, I take yeah. your, I, I, I believe you, I take your word for it, but it's like, man, you left me at the bus station. Like you, you just took off because <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> I'm still here and I just, I'm holding on to concept art, but my brain is yeah. hurting. My brain's hurting that your brain can look at calligraphy and like lay out hardscape. That's awesome. That's so crazy and awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of out there just because of, um, I don't know. It's just kind of things that I think about sometimes when I discover certain things in other people's aquascapes, I'm like, holy crap. Like that looks like, it's just like finding shapes in the, in the, in the clouds, 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is is there? Ev- I feel like the answer is going to be no. But is there is there like a ceiling to aquascaping styles? Is there a ceiling to what you can do to arrange wood, rock, you know, foam, depending on who you're talking to, plants in in a mm-hmm. box with water? Um, like, are, are we approaching that? Like, and is it gonna is the curve gonna flatten, or do you think it's just human the human artistic potential is just gonna continue and continue to push forward? Oh yeah, it's all it's gonna it's just going to evolve and evolve just as it already has. I don't think that there's gonna be a a ceiling and it's kinda it's it's hard to put that on an art form. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's so many different things. It's like I like I said, I or I don't think I have said this, but I compare a lot of stuff um in aquascaping to music. So music can be the most simple melody happy birthday or Brahms lullaby, something like that. Right. Um, it can be the most simple thing in the world and be so beautiful, but at the same time it can be the most complicated Tchaikovsky piece. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, or whatever, some kind of crazy, awesome death metal, crazy fast playing or whatever. Mm. It's really complicated. You know what I'm saying? So the same thing with aquascaping. Um, there's, there's really no ceiling when you're talking about that because someone can really, you know, I mean, can really make something simple, just like, um, you know, Takashi Amano, uh, Mr. Amano was the man. He was, that's what it was all about and about those lines. And, um, that, that right there, is, is, is difficult. It's not an easy thing. It looks like it's not a kind of minimalist and not really a lot going on. But if you really dive into it, there's tons going on there. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So, but, um, that's, that's kind of how I look at that. Do you, so on that note, do you think that the Amano style that Iwagumi, um, that Iwagumi, Iwagumi style of layout, is that, is that going to be like the timeless music? Like you pull up Mozart, right? Like Mozart is going to be timeless, right? Have mm-hmm. have you have you seen any aquascaping styles that are going to be like the 1990s, you know, uh, tub yeah. thumping by Chumbawamba, where you're like, yeah, that's that's clearly the 90s, man. We're never doing that again. Um, I'd say I don't think that there's one that that will never do it again. I think that the Iwagumi's. The, and just the nature aquariums, period. Nature aquarium is here to stay. And uh, just because it's just, it's just, just uh, I can't explain it, period. Is Nature aquariums are um, just, yeah, it's where it started, really. I mean, as opposed to the, you know, people back in the 30s putting aquarium plants in their aquariums that are just starting to come out and, you know, um, you know, you know, it's Kachimano. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, I, I cut you off. I'm, I apologize. That's right. Oh, I was going to say, I've, I've, um, it just, you know, popped in my mind that I've, I've, I have felt this way and I've had people ask me like, you know, what, what kind of, what fish do you want to keep? What's your, what's your bucket list fish or, or all that stuff. And I'm, I, I usually don't have an answer for them. Um, or it's, you know, something like, eh, maybe I'll keep a flower horn again, or oh, I just want to breed this or that. I want to kind of hit these milestones, but I think, um, actually what I, what I have in the hobby, uh, one of my bucket list items is I'll probably have to pay a professional person to do it, but I want a legit, a mono inspired Iwagumi setup. I want a legit one of those aquascapes because that like, that is just, 
Um, I've, I, you know, that that's so quintessential to me. I love that style so much. And I don't get me wrong. I love I love so much of what else you're doing, what all these other aquascapers are doing. But there's something about that that timeless, uh, that timeless look. Oh, yeah. That is, that is just so breathtaking, and I, I want that's that's on my bucket list. My kids are probably gonna have to be when they're off to college or something, but I want one of those beautiful aquariums in my house. Of course, yeah, they're definitely timeless, just absolute minimalist beauty. There's nothing, there's nothing like it, man. It's it's what made this all happen. You know, it's like it's hard to really ex, to express, you know feelings about that kind of stuff because i i've personally have never been really great at iwagumis whatsoever where do you fall down and, what, uh, what, what makes them for you what makes it so difficult for you to do because i would think that you'd be able to bang it out and i i know i know there's a lot to it but i i would just mm -hmm. assume that you would be able to that you would feel confident enough to do one or i think that it's just it's it's the whole process of something like an Iwagumi is um, first finding the set of stones that are just absolutely perfect for each other and also just perfect for, um, you know, the dimensions of your, that's you know, all the technical stuff, of course, but that's, then. That's so next level. Yeah. The, the, that's so next level that you're <laughs> saying. It's the stones. It's not that the stones are good for the, for the aquascape. It's that the stones are good for each other as well. Like yeah. that's. <laughs> dang. Sure. <laughs> that's a trip yeah it's a, that's a big thing man. yeah it's a big thing with aquascaping period it doesn't have to just be rock it could be wood as well i mean those wood pieces need to be right for each other as well they need to they need to get along it's you know it's all we're fighting this tension and flow and you know it's 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 best to to not fight that by really it's taking a lot of time picking your hard state so think that um yeah with a with a, a classic style like an iwagumi the most difficult part for me would be picking the stones themselves because that would take a long time it, it would normally it does unless you have you know like the average person yeah me working for aquarium design group i've got all this hardscape materials at the tip of my finger but not everybody has that so before all that there's, you know, it's just, I'm just a hobbyist. I'm out here doing this stuff. I have to find it at all these different places. And like, and you know, you, you're basically aquascaping by the pound at that point, which, which you can't exactly, um, I, I don't know. You, I mean, you can probably find some cool pieces within that poundage that you happen to buy, mm -hmm. but you know, I think that's that's just the biggest challenge for me is is all just finding the hardscape itself. Do you see yourself? And, uh, do you see yourself doing uh, an Iwagumi style at some point in the future? Like as as just that challenge to yourself and to and to you know, yeah. you say at some point, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, I think that if I come across a set of rocks that just speak to me as as well as speaking to each other. Um, it sounds a lot of hokey. It sounds hokey, but it's it's legit. That's it's 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 hard to explain. But um, then I would definitely go for it for I, sure. I mean, maybe you know the Western our, our our Westerns you know brains are wired to 
you know, we, we don't exactly think that way, but if, you know, you, if you've looked at his books, if you've watched some of the YouTube videos of, of how Amano or some of the people that work in, you know, that worked under him, how they, how serious they are and just, in just understanding like Eastern Japanese, Chinese, Korean culture and, and, and flow and energy and all that stuff. Like it makes, it makes perfect sense. You know, like the fact that you vocalized it and the light bulb clicked in my head, like, oh, of course the rocks have to be good for each other as well as the aquascape as a whole, you know, like, of, of, of course, like, you know, it's, yeah. what, what, what was that Netflix show? Uh, Marie Kondo, right? Like just, you know, cleaning up your life. Everything has energy. Like it's, it's, it's some of their, it's like their tenets and their principles of, of their culture. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. And the out and the output is an amazing, amazing aquascape. Sure, it really is. It really is, man. And it's um, like I said, that's just it's a it's a big challenge, you know, especially when you don't really have everything at the tips of your fingers. Like a lot of the Eastern world has, you know, they have, you know, <laughs> mounds the size of a two story oh, yes. house, nothing <laughs> yeah. but tripped. You know, yeah. three of those, you yeah. know, it's, it's like, that's amazing. I wish we had that here, which we do. We can import it all. Of course, we've got a lot of stuff here, but they have 10 times as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, kind of, you know, when you're, you're trying to get this stuff done, you're trying to revolutionize. It's not like that. I just <laughs> eagerly try to revolutionize everything. No, this one has to this one does too this one does but when you're trying to do that you kind of gotta figure it out you know what i'm saying when you don't have those kinds of things at your fingertips mm-hmm. so yeah no i mean the 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 resources the the resources of the time and and for me the lacking the patience <laughs> but uh, no that's that's good yeah, stuff man a- yeah let's talk yeah, um thanks. Let's talk almost home. So your 2017 uh, Aquascape, where does almost home come from? Mm-hmm. What is that? What, what was the inspiration? Where did the name come from? Um, so basically, um, I, at that point, I was um, relatively new, you know, as an aquascaper. And I fell in love with the Brazilian style of aquascaping, which is kind of a... Uh, yeah, um, well, like a, an expression of a, of a of a scene as opposed to a diorama. You know, you kind of hear diorama thrown around quite a bit. Um, I like to look at them as um, Im- not expressions, impressions, excuse me, um, impressions of just made up fantasy scenes, whatever it happens to be. But with these beautiful set of rocks, lots of sh- lots of contrast, lots of shadows, lots of depth and um you, you know, kind of tricking the mind to making it feel like it's goes on forever kind of thing. You know, it's uh, I really fell in love with that. I'm like, well, I want to give that a shot. So, um, you know, at that point, I was still scaping by the pound. So I just had to find these rocks that um, go together to make this shape. I kind of drew it out a little bit, um, took a little inspiration from um, a couple of Brazilian aquascapers and then um you know, just, uh, I don't know, it kind of evolved, you know, from the very first hardscape of it. And, uh, you know, from when I even filled, flooded it and, you know, put plants in, it evolved from there like, to be something completely different than it was when it started. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that most of my inspiration kind of came from the Brazilian side of stuff because it's just, they're just incredible 
incredible aquascapers and it is hands down absolutely incredible so did you did the what came first the name or the aquascape uh, the aquascape okay so now the whole the whole name thing is actually um a little concept that i came up with it's um kind of a and i kind of slacked on it on the the it's a three-part story kind of it sounds hokey but again it's an artistic thing i love it man so it's, it's keep a going keep preaching <laughs> all right so uh basically almost home was the first part of the story right so almost home is there you're going through and you see in the far vast in the background you see um a forest you know it's that flame moss back there looking like a forest behind oh, all the oh yeah okay you see what I'm saying? Yes, um, yes, yes. So I, I took that for my the following year's inspiration on doing a forest themed aquascape because we're going on a journey. We're starting there at almost home. You got the big pathway that's going all the way back to you know through this you know mountain range that's long and far, and then um, you see a distant forest in the background. So that's, and then, um, and then the second part was my 2018 Eosha, okay. um, looks like Ryosha, it's Eosha, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, so that, that one actually, what I got was from that being a Japanese word for between or betwixt, which is, you know, it, I was kind of reaching for the name there, but meaning it's the second part and it's right in the middle of um the journey you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so eosha came from from that so um almost home was just like you know hey there it is i'm almost there and the third one was you know was to be my highest ranked and that one was going to be called home and i was hoping it would of course be my highest rank but meaning it's more meaningful it's uh, more like a, an artistic um um you know what am i trying to say um i can't i can't think of the word is, is you know like a, have you have you made home or, did, you did make home I, i'm work, working on oh you're working on okay i was gonna say i just googled it real quick and i didn't say anything pop up no 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 i haven't done that one yet okay so uh, yeah i kind of took a little hit in the past couple of years just because of, of life you know life mm -hmm. happens man yeah so that that was kind of the just this three part, you know, story. I was almost home, and then I'm between. I'm right there for Eosha, or it looks like Ryosha, um, and that's the forest. Mm -hmm. If you look at that aquascape, Eosha, and you see from the left, are you are you you have it yep. pulled up yep, right yep. now? Oh yeah. If you look from the left, you see that mountain range that comes down and starts into the path into the front of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like from the left and it's, that is where almost home ends. And then that, that's oh. the whole path. Okay. It goes it, through the forest. Now. And you kind of hang a left, you kind of hang a left through the, through the forest path where, it, wow, man, right. mm -hmm. that's awesome, dude. That's so cool. So, obviously I had these pulled up. I had looked at them before you and I even jumped on the call and yeah, I knew, I knew I wanted to ask you questions about them, but then hearing that, you know, this was, this is a three-parter, 
Um, that's that's so awesome, man. And so in the beginning, you did you had the concept that you were going to do a three parter while you were doing Almost Home in 2017. Did you did you already have an idea of what Riosha was going to look like in 2018, or just like a very very rough idea? No, I had a really rough idea. Okay. Um, but that idea didn't come until after um, Almost Home. Because hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do for the second one just yet. Hmm. Until until that that forest in the back. And I'm like, holy crap. There it is. That's that's what I need to do. I need to do a forest scape. Yeah, and so this... Part of the- oh, I'm sorry. So what I was going to say is that uh, so for these aquascapes as well as your uh, the foam biotope that we talked about um, with those awesome tetras, uh, I'll get links from you. I'll get like the best image links and I'll have those in the show notes. So people, if you're you know working on your computer, you can pull these up and kind of you know well hope now it's a little bit too late for people to know. Maybe I'll put a disclaimer in the beginning that people should click on the on the uh, the links to have them up as we as we discuss them. But I'll make sure people have links to them so they can go and actually see what we're talking about. Um, maybe, you know, while they listen or maybe after the fact, but, uh, you know, it, it's a little challenging when we talk about aquascapes, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, uh, it's doable. It, we can, we can do it. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, this thing is, this thing is so awesome. And then do, did you want like kind of that creepy, darker, scary forest feel to it? Yes. Okay. I, I was going to say, cause you, cause you, cause you kind of, you, you accomplished it. <laughs> like I wouldn't want to walk through this I forest. <laughs> I actually, if you if you look at it, I played with the light a lot. Um, you know, some people were like, "Oh, it need to be brighter here," or whatever, blah blah blah. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's, uh, I kind of did it how I wanted to do it. So, what now? When you look at it, uh, there's there's a couple of iterations of it. But um, which one are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at the AGA's page. They've got the main. Um, it looks, I would assume, the completed aquascape, and then there's one image of just the hardscape and one of your concept design. Yeah, that's the concept. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Um, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Do you want me to send you the link of what I'm looking at? Um, yeah, you can do that. All right, so let's shoot this over to you. This is the benefit of a uh, of a free, free podcast for everybody. You get a sure. you get to hang out while uh, Corey and I get on the same page. And in the meantime, yeah. the uh, while Corey pulls it up, the fish and animals in this: thirty green neon tetras, five ruby tetras, twenty brachio Daniel erythromycin, over fifty neocaridina species, and one a pist- one agazizia. That's an interesting inclusion in there. Yeah, I kind of just threw him in at the end. <laughs> Hey, you go, little buddy. <laughs> yeah, here you go. You, you can live in here. He he was mean, and he's like the and big, another thing. I'm just like, yeah, I'll put him in here. Oh, he's like he's like the big bad wolf, right? He's the one. He's like the monster you got to watch out for. Yep, that's true. That's true. So he went in there, and uh, you know, he he ended up living in there. So yeah, it was. Um, it had a lot of fish and a lot of shrimp in there that just went crazy, man. Mm. Okay, so oh, okay, I see which one you have. Uh, so this one here is a, a, a little different iteration that I um, of the photo. Now, um, 
what I went for a, in a later photo was more of a um, kind of a morning a, a morning look like it, it just it was just morning and the, and the 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 sun's coming up and it's sending rays of light through the treetops and then it's shining on with these hard shadows and hard lines um and it's just i mean it's just kind of it gives it even more of a dark feel to it let's see um oh come on yeah, and your your ability to play with perspective and to you know kind of starting in the center of the the aquascape, but move it down and to the right and make this tunnel so you've got the hardscape branches, um, you know, giving this appearance with mosses or whatever it is, kind of going over it like this real, um, you know, constricted darkish kind of tunnel that you're gonna have to uh, a forest path that you're gonna have to walk down is just it, it's amazing how you can do that stuff. Sure, I that was that. that was actually kind of a uh, newer thing when when I was like, you know, kind of researching this, you know, aquascape. I was really trying to find a lot of inspiration for it and everything, and I did find it in some um, in some concept art. So the concept art really helped me with a lot of of. of these aquascapes, especially from there, I mean, from there, it really started. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm getting distracted here. No, no worries. Um, I'll have to send you the, the, the photo, I guess. But uh, in this other photo, like I said, the the light comes through in a different way, and it kind of gives it a more dramatic feel. And um, I I took it at a later date. Or, uh, yeah, I took it at a later date, and, um, well, here's one, here's one. <laughs> and, you know, after I'd, after I'd submitted the AGA one, so, um, but this, uh, I can send you this picture, and, yeah, sure. you know, you can do that, but, okay, but, anyways, enough about that, yeah, well, I definitely <laughs> did go for the darker, the darker feel, a cool, it's, it's like a relief, you know, it's, it's, you've gone on this huge journey, you're almost home, then you're down into this cool jungle, like cool temperature wise, you know, it's, you're starting to cool down, you're not in all this sun anymore. And it's a huge relief. You know, you're in here, you got this big open spot, then you're going down into the right. Oh, okay. you know, that's, that's where you just keep going on your journey. You yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, and and so that's like if anybody is is thinking about getting into competitive aquascaping, and I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that by any means, but just to hear you talk Mm -hmm. through this, right, and it's not just where you're putting the plants and what plants you're selecting and it's not just like the 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 inhabitants it's lighting it's winter what time of day are you taking the picture like what like there's just there's so much involved with competitive aquascaping that you know i mean you really really have to i mean you really got to go at it right like i don't think you can kind of half butt do an aquascaping like at a competitive level yeah, at a, at a competitive level, if you tr- if you're trying to get up in the higher ranks, it's um, yeah, there's certain things that you that you that you should follow because 
I mean, basically what you're doing is you're pandering to the judges mm-hmm. when you're doing the aqua the the competitions kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you want, to, if you really want to score high, then you need to pander, you know. And I hate to use that word, but that's the it's the reality of the situation. What's one? What's you really need to. What's one design element where you're like, oh yeah, that's a move for the judges. Um, probably the the um the the sweeping path, the sweeping lines, those kind of things. Hmm. Lots of plants, lots of green. Um, the fish shape, you know, of how the school is. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. Um, the the contrast and you know shadow and light. It's just like depth if if you have it. You know, that's, that's another thing too. It's just kind of creating, um, I mean, there's lots of, lots of different little nuances and stuff, but, um, you know, just kind of creating a a piece in in a box. I mean, right. It's, it's literally a box and that you try to make this scene look like it goes on forever in any, any direction, you know? So Mm. I think that's, that's kind of, that's, some of the things, you know, <laughs> wood and rock, you know, that hmm. kind of stuff. You know, staple plants, bucephalandras, uh, microsorums, and bobitis, things like that. Leafy plants and mm-hmm. bunch of different textures and, and so I think, um, yeah. And this was so your 2017, 2018, almost home Ryushi. They were both in the same aquarium, so you had to tear down almost home to put in Ryushi, or are these actual different aquariums. They're different aquariums. Okay. Yeah. The uh, almost home is done in a basically a thirty breeder, thirty three right. breeder it was rimless. Ah, okay. That I got got it from like glass cages or something like that. They call it their their forty. <laughs> I forgot what they call it. shallow or something like that. Definitely isn't forty gallons. But um, yeah, so that's what I did. At almost home in is really shallow. It's super shallow. It was like twelve inches. And then, but it was 18 inches wide and it was 36 inches. So it was a three foot by 18 by one foot. And, um, that's where it really helped a lot with getting that, that depth in almost home. But Yosho, that was, um, that one's a, um, you know, just a 120, uh, 120 centimeter. Mm. We call just a rimless 75 or whatever. Are Now, are these tanks still up or did you tear them down? Yeah, I've since moved since then. Okay. So, uh, yeah, definitely they are down right now. Still have the tanks though, of course. How how heartbreaking is that to take one of these aquascapes down? You know, from messing with it forever, you know what it's for. You know what you're going into, right? You you know that you're just going to break it down and then do something that might be better, might be worse. Who knows? But um, I think you always got to keep that in, in mind. I know it's a beautiful thing, but it's it's also preserved right here forever mm. in a photo. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you miss it. You don't miss the maintenance on it. <laughs> so you're going <laughs> to, you a, know, that kind of. Yeah, that's a cool way. That's a, that's a cool way to look at it, that it's, you know, it, it serves its purpose. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll always remember the journey to make it, but it is, it is preserved. It, you know, it did, it did its job and you've got the, you've got the photos, you've got the photographic evidence and, you know, to remember it by. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, man. I got it. I mean, even knowing that though, geez, I would have such a hard time tearing one of these down. Like I, I completely, I, <laughs> I, I hear you, but geez, that would be hard. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's just, you know, you just got to kind of get it in your brain there. Like, okay, well, this is going to be up for maybe six months or maybe less. You know, if you have, if you only have that one tank, you know, you'd have to put it up for four months and take the photo or four or five months, six months, something like that. Take the photo, scape it again and, you know, do two or three scapes throughout the year Mm -hmm. in that aquarium that's if you're competing you know and all these different ones competing is a whole other animal than aquascaping competing is is i i I love the concept of competing don't get me wrong i do and of course i i like to win and i like to get you know high scores or whatever i mean who doesn't but um it's not what really defines what I do or what aquascaping is at this point, you know what I'm saying? doesn't, it's, it's taking it to the higher level, which is fantastic with what everything needs to do. But I wouldn't look at all the competitive stuff and just completely get discouraged. You know, I could never do anything like that. Mm -hmm. Neither could they, you know, until they tried. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great way to look at it, man. So when do yeah. you uh, when do you think you'll be doing home? I know you said you know it's, uh, life happens and whatnot, but uh, do you sure. think is that is that on the the horizon in the next year or so? It is. Um, oh, I'm awesome. actually, I have eighty five percent of it Ooh. done right now. So I just need to um, get it all buttoned up and get it ready to go, and then I'll I'll have it ready. Well, Corey, so, if uh, if this wasn't too painful for you, man, I'd love to have you on again. And uh, you know, once once almost once home is made public, maybe you and I we could dive into that. We could dive into the Aquascapers Collective, which we didn't even get a chance to touch on. Uh, but it was just so fascinating, you know, uh, you and I connecting and talking about your creative process, where you find inspiration. Uh, we'll definitely make sure that we get some links in the uh, in the show notes to the Biotope, Almost Home, Riosha. Uh, so that way people can, people listening to this can, uh, can see what we're talking about. Do you, and, uh, as far as social media links, we should probably share what your Instagram, your Facebook page, uh, anything else you'd like mm-hmm. people to know about your, your YouTube channel, right? Which, uh, yeah, YouTube, I don't really upload very often. And the, there are a few videos on there and I don't take much pride in those videos, <laughs> but they do, they do show some of my work. And, you know, time lapse and things like that. Um, you know, so don't beat me up too bad about the quality of the videos. No, they're I'm cool. Not... I watched a couple of them. I liked them. Oh, thanks. Um, so there, yeah, it's my YouTube. This is Corey Hopkins. And then uh, my Instagram is uh, Corey Hopkins Aquascaper. And then um, I have my Aquascaping by Corey Hopkins on um, Facebook, my like page. Nice. And if somebody in the area is like, man, I need to get Corey Hopkins in my house. And well, once quarantine period is done, right? Social distancing. If somebody wants, yeah. like, are you, are you an aquascaper for hire as well? Like, do we go through ADG, uh, give that, give ADG a shout out? You can give me a shout personally. If you want to come up and um, work with me up at ADG, we can work together. We can do that kind of thing. Help. I can help you, you know, pick out your uh, hardscape and, and stuff like that so um either way you can holler at me i'm here in the houston area right now with um, aquarium design group so um you know anyone in that area of course i'll go and travel as well if, if need be 
Nice, nice. So yeah, we'll so, make sure. Yeah, we'll make sure we have all your contacts, your social medias, and all that good stuff. And you know, if somebody's interested, hit up Corey with the what? What are the kids calling it now? That DM is that the word? Direct message? No, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of these. Uh, yeah, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. There we go. There we go. There well, Corey, man, thank message. you so much for your time, dude. This has been this has been fantastic. I mean, as people know, I'm just such a newbie at aquascaping and in that world, but I find it so fascinating, and I'm so glad that guys like you are patient enough to come on, talk with me about you know all the various concepts, your creative process, the works that you've done, um, and I would love to have you on again to talk about home and some more stuff, man. Oh, I'd love to come on again. It was great. Thanks for having me on this time. This is, uh, we had a good conversation, man, for sure.